Hey guys, welcome to the Behavior Tech's Anonymous podcast. I am your host, Ms. Ashley, and I'm a behavior tech. Let's reinforce some of my behaviors. Hello, friends. Thank you for coming to this meeting of Behavior Tech's Anonymous. Um, so... I know that I have been talking about things like burnout, how to be an RBT, the settings we work in, and all that good stuff. Uh, But today, I wanted to finally get into what I am here for, and that is to tell some real-life stories from RBTs. While I don't have anyone here with me now, unfortunately, it's fine, it's fine, I do have a story to tell you from an RBT. Um, This RBT was a little bit too nervous and anxious to get on the podcast that's okay. Maybe next time. Um, Anyway, (laughs) we had talked about it for a few months, but they just weren't ready to like verbalize their story here. And I get it. It can be like really nerve wracking. I talked about it on here before. Talking to yourself is hard. Um, Talking to yourself for 30 minutes is really hard. And then thinking about talking to yourself for 30 minutes and other people listening to what you say when you talk to yourself for 30 minutes is very stressful. Um, But anyway, they did give me permission to share their story with you um, by just kind of like using my own voice like this, because this is ultimately Behavior Text Anonymous. This person is going to remain anonymous. Um, They kind of chose the name that they wanted to go by, and we both made sure to change any truly identifying factors in their story, as I will with all stories that get shared with me. Names, ages, genders, and probably more, maybe settings and stuff, you know, um, have all been changed to the point that any indication that you may think that you have regarding the incidents that we discuss are just merely coincidences. And while it is the whole idea of Behavior Text Anonymous is to share the real and raw RBT stories, I am unwilling to do so at the cost of the people who have trusted us with their loved ones. Um, even if those people were horrible people to us. Um, So, because this is the first story, I wanted it to also be kind of like a positive experience for the listeners. I hope the story will be uplifting, and if you're listening to it in the morning, I hope it helps you start your day off right. And if you're listening to it after work, I kind of hope it gives you something to look forward to during your next session. There are so much hardships I could focus on and will focus on later, Um, I definitely have my own stories to share in that regard, but today we're going to hear a story from Miss Winter, the RBT. Hello, I am Miss Winter and I am an RBT. I have been an RBT for two years and it has definitely had its ups and downs. The only setting that I have ever worked in is within different clinics. When talking with Ashley, that's me, she specifically asked me to share something that kept me going. The only thing that I could think of was the story. I was about six months into my RBT working life, and I had worked with various clients in a clinical setting. The clients that I had before this one were just little bitty things, mostly three- and four-year-olds that needed help manding for help and working on their parallel play skills with other kids their age. They were so cute and small and pretty, gentle, and sweet. I was always told how good I was doing with them, but to be fair, I think that anyone could have done it. They were super easy, 
and my clients had taken to ABA therapy so smoothly, it was just a really relaxing time for me. On my hard days, I think of how nice it would be just to go back to that. It was a literal dream. So my story about my my hard client is going to be called Jacob. Jacob was older than I was used to by four or five years, so he was about 10, 11 years old. His behaviors were also more than I was used to. He was completely verbal, and we mostly had to work on school things like letters and number recognition and tying shoes, zipping his coat, all that good stuff. Uh, Until I had him, I had never, ever, ever been bit before. Being bitten hurts so much worse than I expected, and I remember the shock of the bite, and it scared me, and I yelled out. When I yelled out, it scared him so bad. I felt awful. He was crying, and it sent him into a frenzy. He threw toys and knocked over shelves, and I had no idea what to do. I think I started crying around the three or four minute mark of the behavior happening. I was completely overwhelmed. I had never experienced this before, and I genuinely was panicking and did not know what to do. My BCBA was not at the clinic that day, and my hands were shaking so bad. I remember I had to like call out into the hallway to try to get someone to come and help me. There was a bunch of rooms right next to each other down this hallway. There was about four on the side that I was on and five on the other side. I called out and no one came. I was so scared and I started to panic. I begged Jacob to stop, but he would not stop. Honestly, now knowing what I know, the begging and pleading made the situation completely worse. I tried again by by peeking my head out and trying to get the attention of the RBT that was across the hall from me. The RBT put up her hands and told me that she did not know what to do and she wished that she could help me. She told me to ask this RBT that was two rooms down. I poked my head out again and I asked for that RBT to come help me. There was no response. The RBT just ignored me, and I know that he ignored me, because when I brought it up later, he said that he had heard his name being called, but he was so busy working with his client, he didn't want to stop. I don't know if I can fault him for that, but it definitely made me angry. So, without anything else that I could do, and it was against the rules, I pulled out my personal cell phone, and I called the BCBA on my phone. When she answered at first, she sounded completely annoyed. It was her day off. She had taken it off to spend time with her family, and she did not want any calls from work. And I know that because that's what she told me, and it made me cry more and panic more. My sobs and the manic child screaming behind me that was bashing stuff around in the background clued her in as to what the hell was happening. I felt kind of bad because she had to really put in the work to de-escalate me over the phone. And it was so embarrassing after I calmed down, but I was inconsolable. I'm an emotional person, but never like that. My eyes were swollen and my face was all sorts of red. And it probably freaked my client out more seeing a person that looked like this than anything else. So anyway, the BCBA asked me what had happened and I told her. So she walked me through what to do over the phone. Remove everything from the room 
keep a straight face, no eye contact, remain calm, and wait. At this point, the behavior was going on for at least 30 minutes. After I had done what she had instructed me to do, it was maybe 10 minutes later after that, so 40 minutes at this point, that he dropped to the floor with just like sniffles and like a little bit of whining. She then gave me further instructions on what to do, and I kind of followed them the best I could. I was a little bit nervous because he had had such explosive behavior that I just didn't know what to expect. I was scared that he would start panicking again and maybe like hit me or bite me again because being being bit really, really hurts. I know that it's like supposed to hurt, but being bit like this was the most painful thing I had experienced up until this point. So anyway, the BCBA instructed me to sit down next to him and talk to him about what happened. I showed him my bite mark and explained to him that it hurt me. I did not mean to scream when he did it, and I did not mean to scare him. I apologized and he sat next to me, still kind of like sniffling, crying a little. Big crocodile tears would come out of his eyes every now and then. This lasted for about 10 more minutes. My BCBA got off the phone, and me and this poor kid just sat by one another until he got up to get himself a tissue. I remember him looking back at me and handing me one too. I was so shocked. I just did not expect it. Even though it was such a small gesture, I was surprised that he had made that connection. I was like, thank you, buddy, and grabbed a book for us to read together. He sat next to me and grabbed my hand and repeated, thank you, buddy, while laying his head on my arm. I had started to cry again because it just felt so sweet. I know he was probably just scripting or echoing me or whatever, but I think about that moment so much. I will always love that client for making me love being an RBT. (sighs) All right, so that's the end of that story. I thought it was really cute, and I hope you also liked it. And I've had a lot of moments like this where we have just like such a hard time and we just don't know what to do. And when you finally like get that moment, like whether you do it by yourself or you get help, like you're just able to breathe and move on. And it's really just, you know, just like sometimes like that one thing that you need to keep you going when your days are like the hardest. I know that even after doing this for so long, sometimes the behaviors, you know, they'll come out of left field for me. And the stuff that I've done in the past that has worked is just suddenly like not working for this one client. And I just don't know what to do. And sometimes you just really don't have anybody to ask. Luckily, Miss Winter, I have to make sure I'm getting her name right because I don't want to expose her. Um, luckily Miss Winter was able to call her BCBA and her BCBA was able to answer at that time. I'm not sure what would happen if they hadn't. And I asked her about it and she said that she doesn't know either. She said that they would both just probably cry until the end of the session. Um, I also am not really a big fan of the RBTs that just weren't offering the help. And, like, not, like, the one that she said that was, like, across the hall that just said, like, she didn't know what to do. I feel like that's valid. But the one that she called for that just said that he was just, like, too busy, so he just ignored her. 
there's nothing wrong with just saying like, I don't have time. Like, yes, it would suck for that person that needs the help, but at least you're not just like completely ignoring them, which has happened to me before. I know that there are people out there that just like don't like me and that's okay. You don't have to like me, but I do ask that if we are working together, that you do just try to um, respect me in front of the clients. At least I had one person tell me that like um, the respect was earned. And I was like, we're at work. Like, I don't know what you want me to do, but I need your help. And it's just people like that, that make um, being an RBT a little bit hard. But then there's clients like um, Jacob. Sorry, I couldn't remember what we were calling him. There's clients like Jacob where even like the small, like little wins at the end of it can really just propel you forward to help you have a good day. I have a few of those up my sleeve myself. And sometimes they're just as small as a kid saying, buh, for the word ball. And I just think about like how hard I worked for that. And like, I earned that, like the client did it, but I earned that. Okay. Like I put in the work. And I think that Miss Winter, right now, I know that you're listening. I want to tell you that you did a good job. And I'm proud of where you are now as an RBT because I knew you before when we both kind of first started out together. I think that, you know, as you go on because you want to be a BCBA, that you will be doing like an excellent job and you kind of know where like RBTs are coming from. And I just really love that, you know, like when we were talking about this story and what story that you wanted to share that you told me, you know, at the end, um, just thinking about the story still made you want to cry. And I understand because when I was like going over it and reading it before I started recording, I got a little choked up at the end of it because I've been there. And I believe like a lot of other people have been there too. And if you haven't been there, I'm so sorry. I hope you get there one day. Fingers crossed. I'm rooting for you. That being said, if you have a story that you would like to share, whether you want to verbally share it here or you can send me the story like how Miss Winter did, uh, you can go ahead and email me at hello at behaviortextanonymous.com or you can find me on Instagram, which is behaviortextanonymous. And you can go on there and just kind of like share your story that way. Once again, if you do share a story with me and you would like for me to share it on here, you will remain anonymous. You can pick your own name. Um, Just, you know, remember those identifying factors. We change stuff around. We follow HIPAA laws here. I'm not going to go to jail for this. I'm not paying lots of money because you want to share other people's business. But I would really like to hear from you. And it could be like good stories. It could be rough stories. It could be just something that you want to like vent about. I love to vent. I do it like every day. Some people call it complaining, but I call it venting. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Also, if I can vent like the same thing to like four or five different people. ugh, that's a good day. That's a good day for me. All right. So we're going to close out a little bit earlier than I normally would. But we have to still do our RBT ethics code. And we are on the last one of section one of the ethics code. There's three sections all together, just so you know. 
And then next podcast, we'll be entering the uh, second section. But for now, we are doing RBT section ethics code 1.12. RBTs do not engage in romantic or sexual relationships with current clients, stakeholders, or supervisors. They do not engage in romantic or sexual relationships with former clients or stakeholders for a minimum of two years from the date of the professional relationship ended. They do not engage in romantic or sexual relationships with former supervisors until the parties can document that the professional relationship has ended. Example, completion of all professional duties. They do not receive supervision from individuals with whom they have had past romantic or sexual relationships with until at least six months after the relationship has ended. Um, remember that ethics codes exist for a reason. So someone out there has been just banging away. Just, I don't, I don't, I don't personally understand why you would want to be banging one of the clients um no matter their age you know there are adult clients which hopefully that's what they were talking about uh super uncomfortable super uncomfortable i mean maybe like your supervisor i could understand right maybe i feel like that one would make the most sense I don't, like, the stakeholders, and for some reason, every time I think of stakeholders, I think of, like, someone's grandpa and not, like, their parents. So, like, in my head, like, if you want to go out there and have romantic or sexual relationships with stakeholders, like, you're going after someone's grandfather, which I guess you do you, but I'm judging you harshly. All right, that's all for now. Thank you for joining me for this meeting for Behavior Text Anonymous, and I can't wait to see you for the next one.